재미와 지식의 오디오라이프 팝빵 It's Koreascape on TBS EFM 101.3 MHz in Seoul and surrounding areas. Travel is a big part of the economy these days and of people's lives. So on Fridays, we're talking tourism with a travel consultant who has the enviable job title of professional tourist. Her name is Jimin Yoon, and every Friday she's here with updates on Korean tourism and the travel industry in general. Hi, Jimin. Good morning. So uh, before we start here, have you been somewhere in the last week since I saw you? Did you go off to like South America or um, Scandinavia or something no. like that? I think last week I was exploring Seoul. I was exploring Seoul. Okay, <laughs> yes. so you stayed domestic this time. You yes. always make me green with jealousy about some place you've been. Mm-hmm. Um, so what do you want, how do you want to get this going? What do you want to talk about today? Uh, today I'll be talking about how we respond uh, to the natural disaster in terms of tourism mm-hmm. because there were tragic earthquakes in Kumamoto, Japan, and also right. in Ecuador mm-hmm. recently, and the aftershock is still ongoing. We have so much to pray for, and I wish everyone to be safe. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And when there is a natural disaster, it is certainly important to take care of the victims and the damages. But after that, it is also an important issue in tourism mm. because, uh, well, there was a news article released uh, this week that Kumamoto will also suffer from the sudden drop in tourism. A lot of popular attractions are heavily damaged from the earthquake, including the Kumamoto Historic Castle, which was visited by uh, 1.7 million tourists last year. Yeah. So... Although like Japan is like expecting the national holiday season in the first week of May, more than 37,000 people already have canceled their reservations in Kumamoto. So it's going to uh, impact the economy of the area. Big time. Like you say, obviously the first concern is the survivors and the rescue efforts and all that. But very soon thereafter, you have almost kind of a a second-tier humanitarian issue with the economic damage that mm-hmm. comes, especially in these extraordinarily poor economies like Nepal. Remember they had their earthquake? Yeah. They miss out on a tourism season. People might not eat, you know? Mm-hmm. That's their job and their, their lifeline. Yeah, as you said, in order for people who work in tourism to continue living their life, there should be people coming. Mm-hmm. So that is why people in the surrounding area of Kumamoto, where the earthquake was not as severe as the epicenter area, try their best to recover the area for tourists and continue their services like huge natural disasters like earthquake as you mentioned or volcanic eruption or tornadoes take time for the locals to recover from the damage but these did because these disasters directly affect the tourism industry making all expected visitors to cancel their trip but usually the affected area for this cancellation is broader because, you know, like people are more cautious of, on their safety issues. Mm-hmm. So, like, for example, people are canceling not only the trip to the Kumamoto, but also to Japan. So it's yeah. affecting the national economy. When we talk about Kumamoto in Japan, I suppose the cancellations uh, may be coming to a large degree from China, but also big time from Korea. A lot yeah. of Koreans are canceling, right? Yeah, a lot of Koreans are also canceling their trip to Japan and the airline companies in Korea. Have changed their refund policy because it's a natural disaster. Hmm. But however, usually the airlines are not wholly responsible for the personal loss that are caused by the natural disasters. You know, flights get cancelled not only because of such huge disasters that those are a very unique situation, I would say, mm-hmm. but also 
a lot of like severe weather conditions, like strong wind, heavy snow, and foggy weather, that kind of causes the uh, flight cancellation too. Mm-hmm. Like you know, last winter the Jeju Airport had closed because of the weather condition for several days, and a lot a lot of people had experienced inconvenience. I remember that. That was mm-hmm. like a three days in the airport, kind of a nightmare scenario, yeah. right? If I was a passenger, I would go and complain, but. Uh, when that incident had happened, I've heard from the travel industry expert that it could be also safe for the passengers that the airlines are not being responsible for the loss caused by the natural disasters. How so? Because considering the airlines are the companies that need to do the business, mm-hmm. they need, if they need to compensate the loss for the passengers in case of cancellation because of the natural disaster, they might... They may try to make the flight to take off, even though the situation is not as good as, you know, like the usual. So they'll have the incentive, because it's their bottom line, to fly even when the situation's a little bit dodgy. Whereas Mm -hmm. if you free them from responsibility, they can make an unbiased decision about passenger safety. Mm -hmm. Okay, so... um, Kumamoto, an earthquake, obviously. Besides earthquakes, what are the natural disasters that we're talking about? Well, there were uh, quite many big earthquakes in recent years, Mm -hmm. like Chile and Nepal, as you have mentioned. Well, I would like to talk more about Nepal's earthquake because it was very huge. And I was in Nepal last October, which was after the uh, earthquake. Mm -hmm. A lot of people died and the UNESCO heritage sites were destroyed, which is very tragic. But Nepal is a country which is very dependent on tourism industry. And as you said, they have the very very poor economy. And it is one of the biggest income source for a lot of uh, Nepalese. So uh, after the earthquake, Nepal government is doing the campaign for tourism, which has the slogan of Nepal back on top of the world. Mm-hmm. And Nepal now, they had this hashtag Nepal now and uploaded all the beautiful pictures of Nepal, saying that Nepal is still doing great. That's part of the challenge is to not only rebuild mm-hmm. the infrastructure there, yeah. but to send the message out to the tourists around the world that you're back in business. Yeah. And when I was there in October, a lot of uh, tourist cities were back in business, although they ha- still have some damaged areas. However, They've been telling me that the number of tourists have decreased to 10% of the usual, making everyone to suffer again with the low income. Mm -hmm. They need to earn money to restore the damages, but there are not many people to come and spend money there. So that's why I visited Nepal to go there and spend money there. And I thought that could be a way to help Nepal in recovering from the earthquake. Yeah. Now, bringing this all back to Korea, I remember years ago when I was a, a news correspondent, that big Taeon oil spill happened. Yeah. And I went there to kind of document it. And it was I found it very extraordinary how the Koreans from all over were coming and scrubbing the rocks and cleaning up. Mm-hmm. And I remember in the, in the short to medium term, Taeon, which experiences a lot of tourism, they were really hard hit. Has there ever been anything real catastrophic, though, that hits uh, Korean tourism? Well, last year was very hard for the inbound tourism as there was MERS outbreak in Korea. Mm, Yep. It brought a sudden drop in incoming tourists and a lot of tourism businesses have almost gone out of business. It was that much hard. But thankfully, it did not really last long. So mm-hmm. if we look at the total number of incoming tourists, the drop was less than 10% compared to the, the year before. So I guess it didn't really affect uh, in total. So, And that's one of the uh, issues that they talk about with this heavy dependency on China, Chinese mm-hmm. tourists. You have entire districts like Myeongdong and increasingly Dongdaemun kind of reinventing themselves to cater to the Chinese, speaking mm-hmm. Chinese and so on. But what if there's another Merce, you know? Yeah. They can be sort of a one-trick pony and mm-hmm. suddenly the Chinese aren't coming. So yeah. it can make them kind of uh, vulnerable. What other kind of crises are there besides uh, Merce? Uh, any other things to watch out for? 
well, as you mentioned about Mars and Chinese tourists, I think another uh, very um, careful issue would be like historic dispute that could also uh, make the job in mm-hmm. the tourism. Sure. But the recent also issues is also in terrorism because other than such infectious disease crisis, terrorism is being a global issue that deterred tourism. Sure. There were a recent terrorist incidents happened in Paris and Brussels and also all around Europe. A lot of people are canceling their trips to Europe, so terrorism could be another issue that we need to... Yeah, God forbid. I mean, Korea is engaged internationally in fights against terrorism. Uh, These terror groups... From time to time, they indicate that Korea could hypothetically be a target. So we we tend to think we're immune over here. Yeah, because safety is very important for tourism. Big Mm -hmm. time. Mm -hmm. And the Koreans do a great job of it. Uh, They're, you know, but... uh, it's, it's something to think about. And God forbid something like that would happen. It would have a huge effect on tourism. Yeah. So uh, what should um, tourists or people who operate tourism know about these disasters? How should they prepare? Well, for Koreans, the Ministry of Foreign Affairs has a website for safe overseas travels. Uh, on the website, you can see the most recent information on safety issues for each country, like natural disasters or terrorism, and provide travel alerts um, when those kind of incidents have happened. Mm-hmm. And they also have a service named Companion, which allows you to register your personal information, including cell phone number, emergency contacts, and it, your, even your itinerary before you leave and get some help from the embassies if there is any incident. It's always a pretty good idea, especially if you're going someplace that's a little volatile, to register with your embassy mm-hmm. uh, when you get there. Talk to your embassy and say, hi, I'm in town for three weeks. Here's all my contact details. I'm at this and that hotel. And that way, if trouble does hit, you know, you've got somewhere you can turn. You said mm-hmm. you were in Nepal, what, last year? Last year, October. And uh, to what extent had they rebuilt? Were they still hurting? Um, like, the, the earthquake was hit in the northern area. So, Pokhara, which is the biggest tourist city um, where the Annapurna tracking area Mm -hmm. is, they were very much recovered because they were not really, they didn't really have much damage. But in Kathmandu and also an old city called Bhaktapur, it's very, it's severely damaged. It's where the UNESCO heritage sites are. Exactly. Yeah, I stayed there for like two and three days and I could see that the buildings are collapsing. Like they have this um, like pipes that are like covering the building Mm -hmm. so that they don't really collapse. Part of the charm of a place like Nepal is Mm -hmm. that some of these temples and things like that have stood for hundreds if not thousands of years and if an earthquake knocks it over, that's pretty much it. But it seems like people are recovering. Excellent. Mm -hmm. Well, that's Talking Tourism for today. Jimin, thank you for coming in. Thank you. And Koreascape resumes right after this.